Good morning. It's Tuesday, August 11th, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 204. My name is Chris, and we have some really great stories to dig into today. So let's bring in our Mumble Room. Time appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, so uh, let's talk about uh, Google. This came out yesterday midday, and it has everybody's head spinning. Google is restructuring and has a new CEO and is now uh, a wholly owned subsidiary of Alphabet. Yeah, uh, this is really something. Uh, and uh, I, I, can't, I can't really begin to tell you how surprised I was when I saw this. And I suppose a lot of people were caught by surprise. Alphabet is a new conglomerate absorbing Google that's run by Larry Page and Sergey Brin. A subsidiary, Google retains the divisions of Search, Android, YouTube, apps, and more. So here, I'm going to actually break the whole thing down. But essentially, the press is having a lot of fun with this because you can say Google's being acquired. uh, It's now its new owner, Alphabet, who will hold all this. Now, get this. This is how it's going to break down. Uh, Google co-founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin are still running things. Page is going to become the CEO of Alphabet, all right? And Brin... And, and uh, Sundai Pichai, or Pichai, sorry, formerly senior vice president of Android, Chrome, and, and apps at Google, will take over as Google CEO. So I, I'm not quite clear on how that exact structure works, where Sundar uh, fits in there. But Alphabet is mostly a collection of companies, so get this. YouTube, Android, ads, that's all part of Google. So you get maps, you know, all of like the apps they create. Uh, search, obviously, that's all part of Google. Now here's what's part of Alphabet. Calico. Do you guys know in the mumble room what Project Calico is? No? Really? It's one of Google's creepiest projects. You don't know what it is? Mumble room. Anybody in the mumble room know what it is? Project Calico? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Isn't that their uh, anti-aging? Exactly. It's Google's project so you can live for, well, at least so that their CEO can live forever. Uh, yeah, Calico is their Live Forever project. Uh, yeah, they have a project to literally try to live forever. Uh, Fiber, high-speed internet, will be uh, under Alphabet, um, obviously Google. Uh, Google Ventures, where they do uh, VC funding. Google Capital, again, also funding. Google X, which used to be X Labs, uh, which is like auto drive cars, Google Glass, Internets by Balloon, Moonshot Projects, as they call it. Life Sciences, the glucose sensing contact lenses. Nest will be under Alphabet as well. Uh, not totally clear on Project Phi, Google's uh, wireless network. So the CEO of Alphabet is going to be Larry Page. The president is Sergey Brin. Executive chairman is Eric Schmidt, your buddy. CFO is Ruth Port. And uh, Google's new CEO is Sundar Pichai. Oh, over at Google, the big management change is that Pichai is taking over as CEO. He will be only the third person to ever occupy that role. Page was the first CEO and then Schmidt. And then Page returned to it. Pachai has been widely praised as a sensible, no-nonsense executive who gets stuff done. Wow. That's a really big deal. Um, When I read Into the Plex, one of the things, and I would really suggest you read Into the Plex. It's a very, very, very good book on Google. Um, When when I read Into the Plex, one of the things that really stood out to me about that (coughs) is uh, how many creepy things uh, Google actually has wanted to do in the past that uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin personally put the kibosh on because they said it's too creepy. Um, so, and it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. And so I'm curious to see what that will happen now that the people that traditionally were in that role to put the stop on things are no longer in that role, who may be nothing. Sundar, Sundar huh? Well, it's time to go follow him. I'm going to go follow him on Twitter right now. 
Uh, so there you go. Wow, that is a huge change. Mumble Room, any thoughts on the Google stuff? What about that name, Alphabet? Anybody? Come on, guys, speak up. Yeah, I'm waiting for all the uh, clever puns, you know, Alphabet's the farm and so on. Yeah, for Google's all the projects, X, X, Y, and Z, all, you know, yeah, X through Y, A, A, B, C. Yeah, they have, like, all these different puns they can do now. The Master Switch gets uh, into it as well, Corky points out, very much so. Uh, into the Plex and Master Switch are two, two must-read Tech Talk Today books. Uh, so Google's still going to own everything. This is still going to happen later this year. No specific date has been set. Um, I, wow. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little surprised by all of it. But uh, I, one thing it's going to let Google do is I think one of the things this solves is why is a search company working on glucose tests? Why does a search company have Nest thermostats? What does Google need? They make their money on advertising. Why do they want? And now maybe that goes away because Alphabet, I mean, does it go away? Can they share data? Can Nest, can the, can the Alphabet subsidiaries share data with each other? How's that work exactly? I'm sure they can. I know one of the articles specifically stated that, uh, you know, Alphabet will not be the brand, that they do want the individual subsidiaries to, uh, to push their brands forward. So the comparison was more to, uh, to Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. Mm, yes, exactly. I have heard that comparison, yes. Um, hmm. yeah, interesting change, really. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sign, I think, of Google trying to change things up and keep it fresh and trying to keep themselves low. Um, lean and mean maybe for the stock market, too. There's all, probably a lot of reasons behind this. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, any other thoughts, Mumbaroon, before we move on to something that I'm pretty excited about? Um, didn't, didn't Google get their name in the dictionary? Is that why they're using the word alphabet? Because they like make up words? <laughs> I don't know about that. What was, okay, I, did I hear somebody else jump in too? Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. But haven't, uh, haven't we always been worried about companies that are collecting our information all of a sudden changing management and then their policies toward that information changing? Yes. Could this be one of the first steps? I would I, for Google? I would wonder. I would put that out there as a as a, as a potential question. Um, it would seem likely. We saw a lot of changes uh, when uh, when Eric Schmidt stepped down as CEO. We saw a lot of changes, including some not so good, like Google Plus and and the YouTube rollout of that. Uh, but we saw a lot of things that we saw that we saw the killing of Buzz. We saw uh, Wave died. Uh, we saw a lot of projects get killed off. A lot of things change. And I think one of the biggest things that we don't fully understand how big it was, but it really made Google Now possible. And all these other changes was their unification of their user terms of services that turned on sharing amongst all of their different services of information and user data. And that really opened the floodgates for a lot of their new fancy services. And so that was all done when they had a new CEO come in. So you do have to wonder what else could change when a new person comes in. I don't know. Maybe nothing, but uh, woo, woo, it was crazy. <clears throat> kind of a Google-related story, though. This is super badass. Uh, Google has announced they're going to support Vulkan on Android. Now, Vulkan is a low overhead rendering. Mm, oh boy, boy, boy! I'm gonna, I just almost stepped out, stepped into something nasty here. But uh, Vulkan is a successor to OpenGL. It is a much more efficient, low-level way for developers to write to graphics and not have to know your specific hardware in your machine. And Vulkan has a set of capabilities assessing what your, what your graphics are capable of, exposing that available to the game, etc. And the great part is, is it has, it's starting to get more and more wide industry adoption. There's already Vulkan stuff being created for Linux as well. And so I was extremely, extremely worried with Apple's rollout of Metal. 
it really it brought into question the future of OpenGL because what really gave OpenGL a huge boost was Android and iOS used OpenGL. And if you were writing your games and you had OpenGL, then it was easy to make a Linux port. It's easy to move it around. It became – it started – at least it just started to put cracks in the DirectX monopoly. And man, that felt great. And when Apple announced Metal, I thought, oh, no, we're losing momentum. We're losing momentum there. We need more momentum. And so if Android had come along and, and, and introduced – you know, um, Android Liquid or whatever they wanted to call it, and it was a completely different thing that only worked on Android. I feel like that might have been the nail in the coffin right there for SteamOS, and or at least extremely reduced momentum there because it would have taken people out of OpenGL development. The fact now that Android will be supporting Vulkan means that developers can write games that will work without with 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 other work involved. Games that will work on Android, Linux, SteamOS, Windows, I mean across the board. This is a really, really big deal. And I'm really happy to say that one of the great things about Vulkan is I believe it's already available. It already works on any hardware that simply supports OpenGL ES, which is a ton of mobile devices, a ton of desktop devices. So a wide range of hardware can already roll with Vulkan. And to make it easier, uh, Google is shipping uh, uh, bits and code for uh, uh, um, um, uh, Lollipop devices. So Lollipop devices will start to be able to run Vulkan uh, apps. Well, that's not really the way to put it, but as much as I'm not, as much as I'm trying not to butcher it, I probably have, and hopefully we'll get clarification later during Linux Unplugged. But one of the great things about Vulkan is way less CPU overhead than OpenGL. And if you think about that in the context of Android, one of the most power-hungry things besides the screen and the cellular antenna in Android is the CPU, especially when you're gaming. So if you, can, if you can reduce calls to the CPU, increase calls to the much more efficient GPU, that's going to increase battery life. That means games are going to play for longer. That means when you get done playing your game on Android, you're, you're not going to have half your battery eaten up. And wouldn't it even be eventually interesting if, and if uh, Google could take this and maybe even exp- extend this to how the operating system's UI itself is accelerated? So Vulkan coming to Android, I think, is a huge deal. And uh, NVIDIA is uh, demoing right now uh, Vulkan GPUs and OpenGL on, the, on a Linux graphics debugger. And uh, it seems that NVIDIA is getting more and more interested in this. And so on s- this Sunday, they're going to have a number of talks uh, for Linux folks specifically and getting Vulkan on NVIDIA GPUs. They say they're really excited about it. NVIDIA will host another talk later saying the time has come. Powerful profiling and debugging tools arrive for Linux and OpenGL with NVIDIA's Linux graphics debugger. So there's a lot of momentum coming up there, too, around Vulkan. So to have Android jump in behind it this time is killer timing. Mumble Room, any thoughts on this? You guys excited? Let's take down the DirectX Monopoly. Bring it down! And really, Vulkan should work on Windows just fine. So don't worry. I know Ham Radio's listening. I know he likes his Windows. Don't worry, Ham. We're not going to ruin your Windows games. It should be just fine. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I think for those of us who like cross-platform games, this is really good news. And uh, I know some of the folks who usually join us for Linux Unplugged uh, follow this particular story closely. So maybe we'll get some more insights on there. But all right. Otherwise, Mumble Room, I'm wrapping up in one, in a two. Yeah, uh, Chris, I did want to say that uh, if, if, if we do go into more detail on Unplugged, that would be great. But um, yeah, I think the, the business play here, the, the tech news aspect of it is that, you, you know, you're exactly right. Google is, is throwing their hat in. Um, with uh, um, you know, with cross platform uh, yeah. for Vulcan, you know, not staying out on an island, um, and it may be seen as um, 
as as the the more compatible option for engine developers and game developers that want to have advanced features on users of older versions of Windows. You know, what else it makes me think of, too, is uh, this. The other advantage to Android supporting Vulkan is I've heard from a couple of developers who have learned a little bit more how Linux works by writing games for Android. They have to poke around at some of the Linux levels, too. It's um, Google is helping out in a big way by doing this, uh, the, cross, the, the gaming community and cross-platform gaming. And they're helping sort of replace Open G, the, the aging OpenGL with all of its crazy extensions with something much, much more streamlined. So... Uh, I don't know what the possibility is of, uh, I guess there'd probably be no possibility of the uh, Vulkan Graphics API being available on iOS, but, you know, that just might be the way it goes. Uh, Time will tell if that really matters or not. This is also, speaking of things that matter, Oracle's security situation is a mess, and so if anybody should be eating humble pie, it should be Oracle or maybe Adobe uh, and maybe Microsoft. But Oracle really should have a little humble pie. That's why when their security chief officer took to the web and blasted, and I mean blasted people for trying to reverse engineer and find security flaws in Oracle products, I was awestruck. This is a show of arrogance like we have not seen before on the Tech Talk Today program. Oracle's chief security officer to customers, stop checking our code for vulnerabilities. So this has already been pulled down uh, because Oracle realized what a crap show this was. Uh, but uh, this is Marianne Davidson, Oracle's CSO, and uh, she's tired of customers performing their own security tests on Oracle software, and she's not going to take it anymore. That was the message of a post that she made to her corporate blog yesterday, a post that has since been taken down. Marianne Davidson wrote a, steer, a stern message to customers, and the subject line, or the you know the title of the post was "No, you really can't." Uh, her message: Stop scanning Oracle's code for vulnerabilities, or we will come after you. Davison scolded customers who performed their own security analysis of code, calling it reverse engineering and a violation of Oracle's software engineering. Uh, she, so she goes on to say that, essentially, she says, what, you think you can find something with your pathetic scanner? I'm paraphrasing. It's way more valuable to take faith, and this is what she says, in agreements. Yeah, uh, she says, this is word for word here. There are a lot of things a customer can do, like, gosh, actually talking to suppliers about their assurance programs or checking certifications for products for certifications like good housekeeping or common criteria certifications like FIPS 140. Like she's putting in there like, you don't even have to check the code. You can just ask us what our assurances are and just trust us is what she's saying. Uh, If her team at Oracle decides that a report of a bug came in from a customer, could have only been reversed engineered, Oracle would then send a letter to the sinning customer. And a different letter to the sinning consultant acting on the customer's behalf, reminding them of the terms of the Oracle licensing agreement that preclude reverse engineering. So please stop it already, or we'll require customers and consultants to destroy the results of search revert, of reverse engineering and confirm they have done so. So they don't take the bug. They send them a nasty letter and then tell them to destroy the results. Of course, this post was up for less than a day before it was unceremoniously deleted. Pretty classy, pretty classy, Oracle, keeping it real classy. So her main contention is, if you find bugs in our products, you're violating the terms of service. And what I like about it is, don't, what she's essentially saying is, even though this Oracle product could be playing the most important role in your data infrastructure, don't take the security of your infrastructure into your own hands. Just trust our agreements. And if you find something, 
will threaten you with legal action until you destroy the results. And they have such a horrible track record of security with some of their products. Why would they do this? Why, why would they... What, what possible reason could they do this? What, what thought process goes through the mind of the people at Oracle? What did they think this blog post would do exactly? What they should be doing is a blog post about how they're improving their bug bounty program and about how people can do responsible disclosure and about how they're going to reward people for helping them find flaws if they do it in the appropriate manner. That's the post that should have gone up. Not this crap show. This is kind of like... I mean, this is kind of unbelievable in a way. Like, this is the kind of thing that's going to make them a target. This is going to make them a target. You see what you do is when you piss off people, they come after you. And then you have a target on your back. And I just wonder, like, is that what just happened here? <laughs> like, did, or- did, this, did Oracle's uh, Marianne Davidson's chief security officer just paint a big old target on Oracle's back? Because I'll tell you what, if I knew of a flaw in Oracle software right now, I'd be kind of tempted to throw it in their face. Uh, the, I bet the Streisand effect hits. Look out for a ton of vulnerabilities discovered from Oracle products. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Zell. I agree. Um, all right. Okay. Now, you guys want a refresher? And Mumble Room, you, have a, you, can, you can chime in if you want. But I feel like we need a cleansing from that. Because that was like, we just, they just took things down for a second. And this is so cool that how can you not be excited after seeing this? Uh, you know, uh, the International Space Station is a place of mystery and science. Um, well, we have one small bite for man and one giant leaf for mankind here, ladies and gentlemen, because it's, that's right, it's veggies in space. Astronauts Scott Kelly, uh, Kelji Linden, and uh, also the Japanese astronauts enjoying the fruits of the labor after harvesting a crop of red romaine lettuce, I guess it is. Or what is it? Red? Hold on a second here. They actually have, I'm sure they have the description in the... So there they are, eating lettuce, floating like a bunch of bosses, which is just awesome. Yeah, here it is, here it is, here it is. Yeah, at, yeah, red romaine lettuce from the uh, veggie plant growth system on the International Space Station. So they grew this lettuce on the frickin' space station in frickin' space, and now they're eating it. Here, watch it one more time. Red lettuce, that's why it looks so weird, plus they have super badass lights in there that make it look like they're in the future. Cheers, cheers, cheers. I wonder how they I wonder how they did that. I would like to see that. And you can see astronaut Scott Kelly there holding the microphone too. How neat is that? That's an HD picture from the International Space Station. Those are the you think those are grow lights? Those <laughs> I wonder what else they're growing up there. Yeah, they look pretty happy. Maybe they just have the munchies. Hey oh Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would like to know if they could grow some beef. That'd be great. Okay, so uh, you want to make yourself look fancy? You don't need a gl- you don't need a glow light or grow light or some red lettuce. You just need yourself a BSD Now T-shirt. Teespring.com slash BSD one hundred five. Two years of the BSD Now show, and uh, so they just hit episode one hundred five because, well, they're BSD guys. They like to be specific. Epi- in celebration of episode one hundred and five of the BSD Now show, they're bringing you a shirt to celebrate the awesomeness of BSD with the usual BSDs. And check this out. Uh, they have, they've got uh, the uh, the free BSD uh, devil on there with a with the Z and a hard drive for ZFS. They got the uh, blowfish and they got NetBSD coming out of a toaster with a microphone coming out of the BSDs. And on the back, it's BSDnow.tv, and it's available for twenty days at Teespring.com/slash/BSD105. It's a nice way to say thanks to the uh, BSD Now guys for all of their hard work. Oh, okay. So speaking of hard work, we have. 
a crazy, crazy schedule coming up. And I'm going to just try to lay it all out there for you now. Right? Okay. So this week, uh, tech, starting with Tech Talk today, I don't know when I'm going to be live again this week. It'll probably be Friday or Thursday. It's really kind of nuts. It's going to depend. So um, we're doing double tech snaps on Thursday. So it makes it kind of hard to do a tech talk because they're so close together. Friday, Noah's flying into town in the morning. I'm recording Coda Radio in the morning and my dad's getting married in the evening. So there's probably no time Friday. Wednesday, I have a dentist appointment. And then we're doing Linux Action Show on Sunday back in its regular time since Noah's going to be in town and flying Friday morning. Yes, we moved it to Friday. Now we're moving it back to Sunday for a one more weekend to accommodate my dad's wedding and Noah's travel. So Linux Action Show will be live in its original time spot Sunday, 10 a.m. this weekend. TechSnap's doubled up starting at 11 a.m. Thursday. So you can come watch two tech snaps in a row because uh, Alan will be traveling. And right now you'll have to check the calendar because I don't know when the next live Tech Talk is. Next week... Monday and Tuesday, Coda Radio won't be live because it's being recorded on Friday because I'm going to be at LinuxCon on Monday. I'll also be at LinuxCon Tuesday. I do not know yet if I'll be able to have a live show there because the facilities won't be available to us until 10 a.m. Probably means no tech talk, but I will be doing, hopefully, if everything goes as planned, a Linux Unplugged live from LinuxCon on Tuesday. So that's exciting. So that is, wow. You catch all that? So check the, check, check the calendar, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And uh, since I'm going to be crazy busy, I could use your help collecting stories. So that would be over at uh, techtalktoday.reddit.com. All right. Now that's nuts, right? I think that's everything I had to go. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. We have a lot going on because, you know, it's August. And August is like in one, in one respect, it's the slowest, slowest, slowest period of the year for like news. But like in conferences and other events and coverage, it's really, really busy. And that's good. That's good because then we get to generate a whole bunch of exclusive content. So I don't mind that so bad. But, uh, and it does get us outside, which is nice as well. Okay, so that's it for today's episode. We have a theme for the next couple of episodes. And uh, if you have any, oh, this is another great thing to submit to the subreddit. If you have any great ones that fit this theme, submit them to techtalktoday.reddit.com. I want to cover really, really great classic television intros. Our favorites, I'm going to start with maybe one of the best of all time. And it's just, I'm not trying to set the bar. I I mean, if you can top this, I'm going to be impressed. Submit to techtalktoday.reddit.com. This, in my opinion, is such a good intro because not only does it get you pumped up for the show, but it essentially sets up the entire premise of the show in the intro. No need for previously or anything like that because you get the whole gist just in the intro. This is classic television, my friends. See you back here sometime soon. Check the calendar, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you then.
will be that man. Better than he was before. Better. Stronger. Faster. 